Hey, uh, welcome, glad you're here. I'm Jack, one of the pastors, and it's great to, to worship together. To maybe we, we always want Sundays to be kind of a, a spiritual pit stop, if you will, to kind of recharge you up for the week going in. And we are wrapping up a series tonight, um, uh, as Christina mentioned, about prayer. And we've been in this series called Why It Matters, and looking at some specific uh, kind of habits and rhythms of life that we see on display throughout the scriptures of, hey, these are patterns that should be a, a pattern of your life. And tonight, I want to talk about uh, prayer. Now, last week, we talked about this idea of Sabbath. And if you uh, weren't here for that, I, I really want to encourage you to, to go back and kind of watch that um, because it kind of ties in a little bit to where we're going tonight. And I just had so many folks talk about, hey, why this is a necessary rhythm for them. And, and maybe it would be encouraging for you, uh, these idea of Sabbath and prayer are closely linked and um, maybe think it back to your own life and kind of the, the environment of your life and how you've been growing up and just in your mind, think about all the times that you prayed. Think about, remember there was that, there was that test, right? That like you were really freaked out about, right? And you had to pray for that. Think about maybe the time you were trying to get your first apartment or get your first house and you're praying like, hey, I, I hope they uh, misread those numbers. Uh, it's just, and that you would do that. Maybe you were praying uh, to, to have a kid. Uh, maybe you were praying for your kid. Uh, maybe you're praying for nieces and nephews or for someone in your family that was sick or someone that was battling. Just think back over your life, all those moments where you engaged in prayer. And I think what you'll find is that you do have a pattern of it in your life. And it seems to be probably uh, instinctively. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, maybe you're not even walking with Jesus yet. You're kind of, someone invited you to come back to church. And I think it's awesome that you're here and, and that you're pursuing, kind of investigating this spiritual journey for yourself. And, but deep down my hunch is if we were just sitting at Starbucks having coffee, that, that, that maybe you would even say, yeah, prayer has been kind of, part of my life, and maybe, and maybe you even struggle feeling like, well, gosh, I feel like I should pray more. I feel like I'm a prayer wimp at times, and, and maybe you struggle with some of those feelings too, but I, I bet prayer has been a part of your life. We looked at this verse last week, looking at this idea of Sabbath in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. We read this pattern that we see in the life of Jesus often, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, and pray. We talked about this idea of withdrawing. That's really what Sabbath is about, about stopping and resting and delighting and contemplating on God and I invite you to, to look at that. But this idea of what he did when he spent those times in Sabbath, this idea of engaging in, in prayer is, is really vital and really important. And it's interesting, you, we could look at that and go, okay, well, preacher guy, of course, Jesus prayed, he's Jesus. And uh, of course, that should be a pattern of my life because that should be something, but I don't know if, if I have that, but the reality is prayer seems to be this natural part of our life. That You, you look throughout cultures and, and classes of people in different cultures and regions of the world, and everywhere you go, there seems to be this idea of prayer, engagement in prayer. In fact, there was this study even back in 2000, uh, in the early 2000s, that nearly uh, 30 to 40% of atheists uh, pray at times. And you're like, well, that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> but this idea of, okay, does that mean everybody prays all the time? Well, no. But how else do you explain the fascination when Bon Jovi 
living on a prayer comes on in a stadium and everybody sings this song. It's not because Bon Jovi's that good, right? It's something about this idea of prayer. I really thought that joke would be funnier. Okay, um, <coughs> apparently you all love Bon Jovi. <laughs> this idea of prayer being a part of just, I think almost this natural instinct uh, to us. And, and so how do we define prayer? How do we go about looking at, putting a definition to it? And you can probably put a whole lot of things to this. I, I just kind of boiled it down to this, that I think if we can agree on, on kind of a generic, on, on a basic level, prayer is talking with God, communicating and connecting with our creator. A- at the end of the day, this is about communicating and connecting with a creator of the heavens and the earth and, and, and seeking out God and, and trying to create, whether you're a follower of Jesus and, and we know that connection is through Christ or whether you're someone who's just spiritually in nature and, and spiritual minded and there, there is this call even deep within that you feel it in yourself of like, I just want to commune, I just want to connect, I just, there's some, there has to be something more than what I can create in my own and what I have and I, I seek that and, and maybe that's a pattern of your life and I, I hope so. Uh, tonight, uh, I hope what we can get through at the end of this is just that maybe you would commit or recommit that we would all commit to saying, hey, I want this pattern of prayer to be more active um, and, and maybe just to take a next step for you in what that may be. For some of you, that might be, hey, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna do it more than like crisis moments. Uh, for others of you, you, you engage in prayer quite a bit, but you, you want to figure out how do you do this beyond just a laundry list of my needs? Because maybe prayer is more than just that. Maybe prayer is deeper than that. Maybe you sit here and you go, well, I don't know if I pray enough. Anyone honest enough that you ever feel, like, just raise your finger, that's all. Uh, just, you ever felt like a prayer wimp at times? I have. There's times where I'm growing up just like, I feel like I should be praying more than I do and I don't know what that means and it's because I think sometimes we define prayer as like, well, okay, I gotta get quiet and still and, and like I gotta light a candle and I've gotta like not be so ADD and I've gotta like be focused and, and we try to figure that out or we, it becomes challenging when you try to figure that out of, okay, what is this? If it's really about communicating and connecting with your creator, then maybe it's different in different seasons and maybe, maybe it really does happen even some more subconsciously than even consciously and, and can it be a mix of all of the above in that? And so if you feel like a prayer wimp, I hope tonight you feel encouraged to, to maybe kind of get over the speed bump of that. See, prayer was vitally important to Jesus. He modeled it really well. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. We, we see this pattern for the savior of the world to, to prioritize prayer. And here's what hit me again this week. If Jesus, the creator and savior of the world needs prayer, maybe Jack needs prayer. Um, maybe you would insert your own name there. Like if that's a pattern for Jesus, maybe that really needs to be a pattern in my life. See, prayer was personal for Jesus. It it wasn't just a priority, it was a necessity to Jesus. 
the disciples noticed how Jesus prayed. That's why they came to him one day and said, Jesus, uh, would you teach us how to pray? You know, you won't read in the scriptures and the gospel accounts where they come to Jesus and go, Jesus, would you teach us how to manage money? You won't find it. Jesus taught a lot about money, so they probably picked up some lessons in that. They didn't come to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you teach us how to speak? How to talk to crowds? Obviously, they watched him and they were around him and they probably picked up a lot of lessons in that. But the thing that they came to with Jesus is, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Because the way you pray is different than the way I've been around and and grown up with prayer. And in Luke chapter 11, we begin to see Jesus teaching on prayer. So if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to Luke chapter 11. Uh, We'll be there uh, in a little bit. But in Luke chapter 11, there's there's great passages about this. And here's what, I guess, the reminder about the the, the takeaway here (laughs) is that um, no one's born a perfect prayer. Okay, no one's born with the ability to to pray like perfectly. And so prayer is this lesson that you can learn. You can learn how to make prayer a pattern of your life. And in Luke chapter 11, there's these incredible um, words that Jesus is teaching. He he teaches them the Lord's Prayer, and and we see that. Um, He kind of says, okay, this is how you to pray, because they came to him and said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And then right after the Lord's Prayer that you're very familiar with, uh, in verse five, he says this, and Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go with him at midnight and a friend, uh, lend me three loaves of bread and the friend in the journey says, I'm already in bed, I'm tucked away and I can't do it, but he persists and then you will get to it. Like you'll actually get up and give him something because of your persistence. And he's saying, look, you, you persist in prayer. Verse nine, he says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you as fathers, if your son or daughter asks for a fish, you're gonna give them a snake instead? Like, duh, you wouldn't do that. Or if your son or daughter asks for an egg, you're gonna hand them a scorpion. Okay, well if you then, though you're evil, and have these evil intentions in your heart, if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father give you the gifts that you need, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and his interaction in your life. This idea of prayer uh, so often uh, turns into this idea where I take my concerns and my, my laundry list, if you will, the things that are occupying my heart, the cares and concerns of my own heart, and I bring them before God. And, and a lot of times we call that simple prayer. It's the things and the cares and concerns of my heart that are occupying my mind and they're, they're driving my life and I wanna bring those to God. Does God say we can bring those to him? Yes. <laughs> like That's a huge part of prayer, that we can bring those things before God. C.S. Lewis says this, in prayer we must lay before God what is in us, not what ought to be in us meaning the cares and concerns that occupy your spirit, occupy your heart, it's okay to bring those before God. You don't have to feel bad like, oh gosh, I feel like I'm bringing all these lists to God all the time and and I don't hang out long enough to hang with him. That's okay. Listen, I think as you grow and mature in your faith, that will balance out. I hope it does for you. And I think that's part of the growth in prayer. That is, it stays a pattern in our life that we do bring our requests to him. In fact, we're we're told to do that. 
Uh, Paul writes in Philippians, don't be anxious about anything. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let thankfulness be a part of your, your heart and your thing, and a part of your attitude of your mind, but you present your request to God. And his peace will stand guard over your hearts. Peter writes, he says, humble yourself before God, therefore, under his mighty hand. He's big, your little, that in due time, he will lift you up. Cast all of your anxiety on him. Why? Because God cares about you. Isn't that incredible? That the creator of the heavens and the earth has time for you. Don't ever lose the wonder of that. Don't ever let that become stale. That the one who runs the universe, the one who cast all the stars into the sky knows each by name, who knows the number of hairs on your head, who's dialed into your life, actually has time for you. And he loves when his kids bring their requests to him. And when they can cast that anxiety, those cares and concerns that are occupying their mind, and we can bring those to God. Because here's the truth, we need to. For so often, we can get to a a pattern or a place where we start to try to carry those cares and concerns on our own, and we think, well, this one's not big enough to bring to God, it's really just about the outfit I have for the day. Um, Like, that's, he's running a universe, he doesn't care, Um, but maybe God does care. Maybe God's actually involved in your life to the point where he's welcome to bring requests to him, that this idea of, okay, this little thing that really I should get over, can I bring that to God? Is it a care and concern of your heart? Is it occupying your mind? Is it, is it holding you back? Then bring that to God. Bring that to him. Let him be a partner in praying with you and for you and coming alongside you and helping you in all the things because prayer is this idea of, this is one of the truths I wrote, prayer is me as one who's limited. That's what we looked at last week, this idea of Sabbath is, hey, I'm limited, I have edges. Prayer is me as one who is limited, leaning and resting in the one who has no limits. That's why Paul and Peter can talk about, hey, bring your request to God. Now, I don't know about you. Here's the challenge. If, if part of my challenge, hopefully tonight, is to inspire you to make prayer more a pattern of your life, here's what I know about you and what about me. The busyness of life happens, right? How many of you would say busy, right? The busyness of life happens, and sometimes it's hard to actually carve out time to pray, and we go, well, I'm gonna pray on the way to work, right? And then we have that one snowbird driver that's driving in front of us, and you're trying to get around them, but you can't, and then you're like, I'm really angry, and then you find, like, I'm I'm dealing with anger. That's not right, I should pray for them. And you start praying for them, but you're not really praying about the things and the cares and concerns of your heart, although this is very quickly becoming a concern of your heart, because you can't get around them. But you've now sabotaged what the prayer time you have. And um, uh, Lyle actually got me hooked on this app, and I'm just gonna encourage you to get it. Uh, It's the Echo Prayer app, and it looks like that on the home screen. And here's the deal. You can go through and actually make a list of things that you'd like to pray for. This is free, like, isn't that fun? Woo, free. Um, and you can make list of things. So when you're actually having time and you're, the cares and concerns are coming up in your life, you can actually pull out your phone, because I know you, you have your phone with you, 
and you can make a list of here's the things I wanna pray for. So if I hit pray now, right? And uh, the first thing up here is pray for e-group leaders. And I've got a list of some of our e-group leaders. And so when I launch this app, I can literally go through and then I can just swipe. And I go, okay, here's Amy. Here's the things I'm praying for my wife, okay? Here's Riley. Here's the things I'm praying for my daughter. Here's Sarah and Gabe. I'm praying for Sarah and Gabe as they move toward their wedding and I'm praying for her as the director of e-kids. And so I just have this opportunity for me at times to say, hey, I'm gonna set aside five, 10 minutes and I'm gonna pray. And what this does is it allows you to pray and you can actually set it to time so that every 90 seconds it switches. Uh, to another list, but you can just pray, and you can add this list. You can find answers to things and delete things off, add in new things, but the Echo Prayer app is one that I would recommend to you. If you want to say, hey, I wanna grow this pattern of prayer in my life, and I wanna be able to bring those cares and concerns on my heart, and the people that are matter to me in life, I wanna bring those before God, okay? Well, what would it look like? Maybe some of you prayer journal, and you write down in your prayer journal, here's things you're praying for. Keep a list of that. And then figure out for you, what's the right time? For some of you, we talked about this last week, this idea of Sabbath. What does it mean to pull away and actually set aside some time where you can have some focused energy to that? That doesn't mean you can't pray on the way to work. I hope you do. Uh, Our city needs you to. (laughs) I I drive a lot. Um, But this idea of prayer, maybe make it a pattern of your life in some specific ways, in some targeted ways. This might be one of those ways. So we know simple prayer, this idea of praying, bringing our requests before God, that is so much a part of the pattern of prayer that we're to make a part of our life because prayer is me, remember? It's me, the one who's limited, leaning and resting on the one who has no limits. I can trust God with the cares and concerns of my heart because he already knows about them anyway. How crazy is that? Not only does the creator of the heavens and the earth have time for you, you're never reminding God of something he doesn't already know about. For some of us, our prayer time with God, we spend 20 minutes trying to inform God of all the things that he needs to be informed about, this situation or this person. And the reality is he already knows. So we can pray to his will being done in those situations. If it's occupying my heart, I can bring those cares and concerns and I can let that be a part of my life. But prayer is also so much more than just bringing my list to him. So why pray? Well, I can pray to bring those cares and concerns to God. The Bible tells me I can do that and he wants that to be a pattern of my life, but why else pray? Well, I wanna pray because I want God to know that I need him. That's part of this concern, that's part of this drive is to realize I I need God, this dependency upon him. What's fascinating in the life of Jesus is that you see this all throughout. In fact, uh, the Gospel of Luke records more prayers than any other gospel uh, of the life of Jesus. So if if I were to just kind of rattle through some of these, you'd see this pattern if you read through the Gospel of Luke of this, this dependency of the Son upon the Father and this rhythm that you see in his life, and it's what stuck out to the disciples. So in Luke chapter three, before the baptism of Jesus, the reason Jesus shows up to be baptized is because he was praying. And the Spirit was saying, this is what needs to happen now as you begin ministry. Luke chapter four, we see him actually doing battle in prayer 
in lonely places, face to face with the enemy, as he's facing temptations on your behalf, on my behalf, and standing up against them, something we struggle to do and we never fully accomplish, but he accomplished. In Luke chapter five, everyone's coming to see Jesus, but what do we read? Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. For some of you, you feel like everybody in the world's after your time and attention. If everyone's after your time and attention, listen, you need the pattern of Sabbath and prayer. You have to make it part of your life. You'll burn out if you don't. You need to make this a part. Luke chapter six, Jesus is getting ready to call the 12 disciples. You know what he did before that? Prayed all night. You just see this pattern. Luke chapter nine, this account of Peter's confession of Jesus. Jesus has been praying with his disciples. Then he asked the questions, who do the people say I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter's confession, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Luke chapter 18, Jesus is teaching the disciples about the persistence of prayer. Don't ever give up. Make it a pattern in your life. Luke chapter 22, he's in the garden, right? Um, when I was in Israel uh, a couple years ago, uh, got to stand in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know what's fascinating? Is that the trees that are there are over 2,000 years old. So to stand next to those trees and realize these trees witnessed that night was pretty powerful, pretty overwhelming. What's fascinating about Luke chapter 22 and Jesus' prayer, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass, but not my will, but your will be done. I don't know, friend, if I could have prayed that. Just being real. Jesus was empowered to face the cross on your behalf and on my behalf because of prayer. Prayer was refueling for him. It nourished him. And I'm kind of like Peter, James, and John, right? Remember that story in Luke 22? Peter, James, and John, he says, would you pray with me? And he goes over kind of a stone's throw away to these other trees, and Peter, James, and John are over here praying, and then eventually he's snoozing, right? And Jesus comes back, and he, can you not pray with me for at least an hour? I often feel like Peter, James, and John. Like I, I give up too quickly on prayer. I, I feel like that prayer wimp at times. And this challenge that Jesus says is prayer has to be more than a priority. It has to be a necessity to life. And so what does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? What does it look like to take a next step in making prayer a pattern, a, a necessary pattern, a priority in your life? that you begin to seek him out. Why was Jesus always praying? Because Jesus was dependent on the Father. He didn't do anything without him. In John, we read this, uh, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing. By myself, I can do nothing. I only do what I see the Father doing. And so that has to be about relationship. That's more than just a laundry list. That's more than just bringing cares and concerns. That's actually dialing in to hear and receive. That's to, to call us forward. That's why the disciples came to Jesus, I think, and said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? See, they grew up in a religious backdrop that made prayer a religious ritual. 
And what they saw in the life of Jesus was not a ritual. It, it was not a five minutes at the beginning of the day or a 10 minutes to end the day. It, it was something about prayer for Jesus that, that nourished him to do everything he needed to do. And that apart from it, it was lacking. And that he needed this. This was more than just a priority. So the question becomes, is prayer a priority in your life? Is it a necessity in your life? Is it essential or is it optional? Why pray? Well, Jack, I I pray when there's crisis moments. That's awesome. And God can hear you, and he does hear you. And he's dialed in, and friend, prayer... uh, Prayer can drive your quest for answers. And that's necessary, and it's good. But if your quest through prayer is only for answers, then you're missing the main point of prayer. Because the main point of prayer is to quest after someone, after God himself. To say, God, I want to know you. That's why Jesus, I think, begins the prayer our Father in heaven. See, Father in Hebrew literally would have been Abba, which is Daddy in Aramaic, sorry, in Aramaic. That's such a foreign concept when prayer is so ritualistic. It's God is, he's creator, he's far removed, he's bigger and beyond me. But Jesus starts the Lord's Prayer with Daddy. I want to be a good dad. Man, I work hard at it. I want to be a great dad. You know what daddies do? They listen. They're dialed in. They're attentive. They're there. They can be strong and and tough in moments and challenging, but they're there. And I, I think that's where prayer begins to move from this ritual where, okay, I'm praying out here for things to, daddy, I really, I need this, I need your help, I need your wisdom, I need your discernment, we need this. And you're bringing those cares and concerns, but it's also hanging out with your heavenly father to say, what's on your heart, God? What moves you? Is there anything in my life, that's why the prayer of Psalm 139, the end of it, search me, O God, know my heart, know my anxious thoughts. Is there anything in me that's kind of steering me away from what your absolute best is? in life, am I caught up in some patterns? Am I caught up choosing some things that are kind of detouring me away from your best? See, when prayer becomes relational, not just ritual, then it moves from just being an opportunity or an activity where I bring my cares and concerns to God, where I actually hang out with my spiritually heaven, my heavenly Father, and I connect, and I commune with, and I hear from. Does that mean you're going to hear an audible voice? I've never heard an audible voice. I hope someday I do. I I don't know. But I've heard God deep in my nowhere where he's spoken. Hey, this is where we're out of alignment. I don't want to work on that. Hey, here's where this wisdom that I want you to go, I want you to choose this path. It doesn't mean it won't bless you if you go this way, but this is the best way for you where I've just felt his encouragement. I was meditating one day on Luke 22, feeling so much like Peter, James, and John who fell asleep, and, and I just, my heart started breaking. God, Jesus, that had to be so horrible 
to come back from praying. You're praying for me, for, for all the world, and you come back and your three best buddies are zoned out sleeping, and they bailed on you. I'm so sorry, Jesus. And to just commune with him, and to be in that moment where it wasn't about a prayer request, it was just my heart hurt for Jesus. And to, to grow in my heart capacity, to be able to say, how do I do that? How do I grieve the heart of God sometimes? I, I wrote this, what if the purpose of prayer is knowing God, not just getting answers? What if the purpose of prayer is about knowing God, growing to know him more, and not just getting answers to the prayer requests that we bring? What if prayer is much, much more? See, in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus is teaching about prayer, he says to his followers, hey, listen, when you pray, don't go on babbling like the heathens do. And don't, don't go on just kind of giving all this stuff. Your, your, your heavenly Father already knows what you need. You close the door and just be with him. You just commune with him, connect with him. You can bring your request, but that's the heart of prayer. Prayer is, not, uh, prayer is a, a heart attitude of desperation and dependency. And we're not desperate for something or for answers, but rather we're desperate for someone. And we wanna connect with God. That's the heart of prayer. And what would it look like to begin to make that more and more a part of your life? See, I think Luke chapter five, verse 16, that Jesus often withdrew to, be, uh, to lonely places to pray. Here's why I think Jesus' impact, okay, he's Jesus, he's the son of God, we get that. But I think the reason his impact was so huge was because he practiced this idea of withdrawing to be with the Father, to communicate and to connect with him, be refueled by him, so that when he came back to be with people, he had fuel to give and he wasn't depleted. I think that's what prayer does when we make it a pattern in our life is the impact because not only do you benefit from prayer, but everybody who bumps into you benefits from the time you've spent in prayer. It makes you different. It makes you different. It just does. That as you commune and connect with your heavenly Father, he refuels you. He gives you wisdom. He gives you understanding. He he grows your compassion capacity. And he empowers you then to go on his behalf and partner with him to bless the people you bump into and that he steers across your path. That's why creating a pattern of prayer matters. It matters for you, but it matters for everybody that you're gonna bump into as well. That's the strongest encouragement I can give you to say make prayer a pattern in your life. If you could just memorize Luke chapter five, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and pray. It'll remind you that Sabbath matters. And it'll remind you that prayer matters. And how do I make those rhythms of my life and how I live? What does that look like? And so here's what I want to invite you to do. Uh, Built in a few minutes just to be quiet and still. So our worship team is going to come up here in in a minute. and we'll move on with communion. We're gonna sing a song. We've got a little family chat that we wanna catch you up on some exciting things for Elements. But just for a few moments, I'd love just to build in a, a moment for you. 
just to pray. For some of you, your heart is so occupied with the cares and concerns that are kind of swirling within you, then you take a moment and just bring those before God. You are a limited person. Here's the beauty. God has time for you. And he already knows what's going on and he wants you to bring those requests to him. And just simply let him help you carry it. You don't have to carry it alone. For some of you, life's going okay. And so maybe this is a moment for you just to bring, to bring your heart before God. And say, God, what does it look like to make prayer more and more a part of how I live life? What would that look like this week? What's one thing I can do this week to make prayer a part of my life? I'm I'm gonna download this app or I'm gonna make four or five little lists on there of the important people in my life or the things that matter. And and I'm gonna take 10 minutes three times this week and actually just go through it. What would it look like for you? And so I'm just gonna be quiet for a couple minutes here and just invite you to pray and to take a moment uh, and to seek God's heart with what he might have for you and then I'll close us uh, in prayer. So take about 90 seconds or so right where you're at and just let your heart wander with God. Father, we love you. We're so blown away by the the reality that you're the creator of everything and you have time for us. God, may that never grow old. May the wonder and the beauty of that draw us into making prayer a pattern of how we live our life. For part of that, that we bring our requests to you and trust that you are trustworthy with them and that you are capable of helping us deal with those and solve things and move through things and navigate circumstances in a way that we can never do on our own and that you desire to partner with us, to commune with us. So Father, on the other side of that, you just want prayer to be relational and you've created prayer that we might connect with you, commune with you, be changed in the process, fueled up in a way that Nothing else in our spiritual journey can quite do outside of prayer and being alone with you. Father, throughout history, the people who have made prayer a pattern in their life have been led by you to do incredible things. And we want to be those kind of people. God, I pray for the hearts of those in this room.
whether they've been walking with you for five minutes or 50 years. I, I pray that you'd put a burden on our heart, a good kind of burden, that would just long to connect and commune with you, to pray with you, to be silent before you, to seek your face. God, I pray that you would create a culture of prayer within our church, within your church here in your city. God, there's so many issues and struggles and and challenges before this city. So many folks that, that need to hear of your hope and your love and your grace and your smile and the joy that you want to bring in their life and they're blinded, maybe held even captive by the things and choices of the past. I pray that you'd bring freedom. God, would you raise up your church across our city to be part of the answer and to point people to Jesus in how we love and how we live and how we speak and how we react. Would you let your hope flow through your church? And Father, would you raise up each one of us into our next step of prayer? We wanna be a people who pray. And so would you give us a passion for that? And would you help us figure out this week what's one step we can take to begin to try to make this more and more a pattern in our life? And as we take communion here, we remember, Jesus, it was your prayer in the garden that night. Jesus, I would have bailed. But you stayed for me. You stayed for each one here. And you went through an excruciating death because you knew resurrection was on the other side. And because you wanted to spend time with us and have eternity with us. And so you persevered. And so we remember in communion as we take that cracker, remember it was your body broken on our behalf that our faith would rest in you and not what we do. That the shedding of, of your blood as we drink the juice, we remember it's for the forgiveness of our sins, our brokenness. We can never make our way to a perfect and holy God. But you made a way to us. And you made a way for us to have life with you. As we worship you in song, would you meet us and would you stir us, God? To be people who pray and people who are moved from our times of prayer to be your people in this place and in this time to show your love to those around us. We ask that in Jesus' name, amen.